welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, getting in the best shape of their life, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling. All of these types of situations and more but they wouldn't have gotten to where they are today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of it all, all the getting started moments, and the lessons learned along the way. I'm truly grateful to have you listening in on this episode, so let's get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome in Olivia Bowser, who is the CEO and founder of Liberate. Let me give you a quick background on Liv before we jump into the podcast. She has a background in indoor cycling and better-for-you startups. She began her career as employee number one at a promising CPG startup and spent the next five years working as a brand and digital marketer alongside the C-team of high-revenue startups. A certified meditation and mindfulness teacher, she ties together her deep knowledge of mind-body connection with her business acumen to drive liberate growth at every level. I'm really excited for y'all to get in and listen to this episode. So without further ado, my chat today with Olivia Bowser. Liv, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Of course. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we had a, such a serendipitous meeting. Um, you know, I came across you, Guy Raz had hosted that, that clubhouse and you happened to speak up and pitch um, your company. And uh, I was like, oh, this is a really interesting idea, you know, because I've always, um, not always, I guess, over the last few years, I've uncovered meditation and mindfulness. I've I've tried to journal. I haven't done it. I haven't been as successful with it, but I've done yoga. So like all these things I know have been valuable in my life to kind of get to me a better spot. So I'm like, this is a really interesting concept. So I I can't wait to dive into this a little bit. Um, I'll tell you what, let's start off here for everyone listening in, maybe not familiar with the, with liberate and your, your company. Can you just share a quick, you know, the, the 32nd elevator pitch, if you will, of the company. And that'll help us as we get in, they'll, they'll recognize the story a little bit more. Yeah, of course. I can just copy what I said for Guy Ross. <laughs> um, Liberate is the first mental fitness studio. So if you're familiar with fitness studios, you probably think of physical fitness studios like SoulCycle or Berries. And we essentially took that physical fitness studio model and applied it to mental well-being. So instead of showing up to a physical fitness studio and lifting dumbbells to tone your biceps, you're coming to liberate our virtual classes over Zoom and we're moving, we're journaling, we're holding space for conversation, and we're meditating to create a dynamic workout that strengthens mental skills like gratitude and resilience and courage and you know a few different other themes so that we feel stronger mentally and overall just better as human beings. So let's go into that a little bit. Before we jump in the actual starting the business and getting that, why is this something that you care about is did this come from your childhood did you did you deal with a lot of this stuff like what give me a little bit of the uh the genesis of kind of this idea this story uh, of yours mm-hmm. i i really don't think that mental health was on my radar at all until like kind of in in college i started feeling symptoms of anxiety and i don't even know if i would have labeled it that at the time but i you know didn't feel happy all the time i think starting in college and then after school was really when I started recognizing 
the anxious feelings, the stress symptoms, feeling lonely in like a new city with a new job and just trying to figure out what life means. And Mm -hmm. I really didn't feel like I had the tools to work through those symptoms. So that's what made me feel super lost because I had always felt like really capable, especially physically. I've always been really into physical fitness. I was an athlete. And so I always felt super fit in that way. But then when it came to my mental health, all of a sudden I felt really fragile and I didn't know, I recognized that I felt kind of fragile, but I wasn't sure, you know, what to do to work on that. I knew that I could go to therapy and I knew that I could use meditation apps and I did use those. They were great, but the existing options were kind of lacking that community that I really felt when I went to Barry's and when I went to workout studios and you're all in it together and you're all working hard and you're working on yourself. And that didn't exist for my mindset, my mental state. And so I just decided to create it. (laughs) What was the, I guess the uncovering, because sometimes, because appearance wise, we can see the results of, you know, physical fitness, right? If you go, if you're active, if you're eating healthy, it's hard to see that internally, right? It's hard to, to see the, you know, are we getting better? Are we becoming happier? Um, are we being clear in our thoughts? Can you share just that journey a little bit of kind of go, getting over the anxiety or learning how to deal with it? What are some things you uncover that work for you uh, personally? Yeah, I think, I mean, everybody kind of has different starting points and different comfort levels. When I first started exploring mindfulness, I initially turned to yoga because I meditated a little bit, like five minutes at a time with, you know, headspace, but I I wasn't super comfortable sending an extended amount of time in silence. And so yoga felt a little bit safer to me because I was moving and I was breathing and there were people around and it was, it had that community feel. So that was really my, I think my first step into mindfulness. And then once he started feeling super comfortable with that practice, it was like, okay, what else, what else can I try? And you start getting, once you feel the effects. And like you said, it's not that my arms were more toned or that, you know, you could see my skin was clearer or anything like that, but I just felt so much better internally. So I wanted to explore other wellness modalities that could potentially build on that and make me feel even better. So then it was meditating for extended periods of time. There are meditation studios in LA. So I could go to a studio for a 45 minute class in a group. I really liked that group setting. It felt much more meaningful and Mm -hmm. accessible to me. And then I started journaling too, and just kind of finding different prompts online. And I would journal every morning at work. I would journal during the day. If I was having like work anxiety, I would, you know, check in with gratitude and things like that. And kind of started using all the different wellness modalities as tools to set my day up for success. I always, you know, try to get my wellness routine done in the morning. So I know that no matter what else happens for the day, I feel like I'm in a good spot. And then it's also, it was also such a good way for me to break up the day. If I was feeling like overwhelmed with work or the to-do list was piling up, or I had a bad meeting, I would just turn, you know, little 10 minute journaling session, 10 minute meditation session to kind of reset. And it just, I mean, honestly changed who I am. So I, it's so tricky because you don't see the outward effects as much. No, nobody comes up to me and says, Oh, you have so, so much less anxiety. Oh, you're so grateful. <laughs> like they don't see that when they see me on the street, but I feel so different. And I do believe that that, you know, does carry out to your relationships. And that does show if people spend time with you, they're like, Oh, you, you must be meditating. Yeah. You're so calm. So it's, it's a little less showy, I suppose, of a skill set, but it's so important. 
the 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 journaling's always been challenging for me. I don't know what to write or how I should write it. Is there any like how would you advise if you're advising me? Hey, Brian, here's how I do a gratitude journal or anything like that. What what have you learned that's been maybe helpful for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of people are apprehensive or intimidated by journaling. Just, I mean, just start. So there's a couple different ways to build a habit around it. The first is find a time of day when you want to do it. Maybe it's right after your meditation practice, if you meditate already, or maybe it's right before you read at night. So you're already like setting yourself up in this environment that you can easily make it a part of your routine as if you're brushing your teeth. And then set a timer. You can do it for a minute. You can do it for five minutes, but set yourself up so you're not like, oh my gosh, how much longer do I have to do this for? When can I stop? How do I know if it's enough? You can just do it time-based. And for gratitude, I mean, it's gratitude is probably one of the easiest ways to start with journaling. If you don't know what to write or if you're drawing a blank, you can just start making a list. You know, gratitude doesn't have, or journaling even, doesn't have to be like, a diary entry where you're writing paragraphs and it's a story and it all makes sense. You can just do stream of consciousness. You can write down a list of things you're grateful for. You could divide your paper into columns and do people I'm grateful for, places I'm grateful for, things I'm grateful for, and like just break it into more of an exercise in that way and just literally allow anything that comes up to be written down. I think especially when you start journaling, you can your mind like catches yourself in the act and makes you second guess things like, Oh, am I really grateful for that? Or should I write that down? And then you end up writing nothing down. So it's just about kind of powering through and not allowing your mind to second guess your, your list and what your thoughts are and just going for it. But gratitude is, I mean, I think it's a a great starting point for journaling because regardless of whether or not, life is going well or poorly or you're having a bad day or not, there's always things to be grateful for. You could be grateful for your eyesight. You could be grateful for your breath, your hearing, you know, the roof over your head. So even if you're having a crappy day, you can always come up with something. That's fair. Well, in parallels to this, and we'll kind of mesh these together, because obviously you could have just kept doing your own thing, just doing it on your own, but you realized there was a problem out there, which we'll get to, or something you wanted to solve at least or bring to the world. Have you always been entrepreneurial? Like, did you always have visions of starting your own business or anything like that? Or did that just kind of come on a whim? Can you share a little bit of that journey? Yeah, I, I think I always knew I wanted to start something, but it wasn't like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to sell computer parts or I'm going to, you know, come up with something that I don't feel personally passionate about just because I really want to be an entrepreneur. It was more so, I really want to find something I care a lot about and I want to change the world. <laughs> and then just patiently waiting for the idea to come to me. I really didn't force it. I was, I think probably from college onward, I was thinking when I have a good idea, I'll just run with it. Whenever it comes to me, that's what we'll do. But no rush, no pressure. I could be 40. I could be 60. You know, the man who invented Impossible Foods was 60. So there's really no time limit. Um, And then it was really just through my own, you know, experiences that I was like, wait, I care about this a ton. And then the more I researched, the more I learned, the more I interviewed different experts in the field, the more I realized this is a, like, this is a crisis in the U S that now COVID has just exposed, you know, mental health fragility for Mm -hmm. us. And it just became more and more of a purpose in my mind and what I was kind of destined to do. So that's really where it evolved from. And 
I mean, it was, it was a pretty new thought. It's not something I really had until a few years ago. Mm. Well, you know, I, I know myself and a lot of people I've talked with, you'll know, go through that whole fear and anxiety, like, am I good enough kind of thing? You know, and I'm curious, like, why did you believe that you could change the world? Where did you get that confidence from? I think anyone can change the world. I don't believe that. It, and I listened to How I Built This, which is an amazing podcast. And yes, you hear yes. about all these entrepreneurs who didn't have the appropriate background and had no idea what the heck they were doing. And they were able to, you know, create these amazing businesses that changed the world. And I think I draw a lot of inspiration from hearing other people's success stories. But I also... I think some people just come out of the womb, maybe with more confidence. And I was successful at the sports I played and I got good grades and I always kind of succeeded with hard work, of course, but I built confidence. I feel like every year, just as a human being growing and evolving, I was fortunate enough to be in an environment where I was constantly gaining confidence and the setbacks hurt for sure. I mean, it takes a lot of resilience and not, not everything comes easily, but I think I just, I was kind of born with the mindset that like, why not me? And that is something that I hope, I hope everyone has, or, you know, everyone can develop over time. That's essentially what our classes are designed to do because we all have this power inside of us. It's just about, you know, stepping into it and acknowledging that it's there. Yeah. Well, and that whole conversation internally of like everyone is good enough and everyone you know should feel like they could change the world but a lot of us don't right it was a hard time I and mean, even starting this podcast it's been three and a half years now but for two years I didn't start it because I was scared and and fearful of what people are going to say and all this you know crap that's just ridiculous it was all made up in my head but that's just stuff we go through right so I'm just curious there so that's that's interesting so, so a lot of it was the you know there was some nature versus nurture kind of that argument you kind of had a mix there which seemed like it helped, uh, which is always, uh, always good. I think when that balances out. Yeah. So tell me about the genesis of actually starting this. Cause you were working for a startup, right? If I recall mm -hmm. and down, did you leave that full throttle or did you kind of kind of side hustle this to start? Remind me on how uh, things began for, for liberate. I was working at this job. I mean, I really liked it and I worked there for about a year while I was working on Liberate in the background. And I was, you know, doing my, my due diligence as a business student. And I was looking up competitors. I was researching the space. I made a business plan. I spent, you know, my weekends and weeknights just kind of doing the R&D and making sure it was a reasonable opportunity to pursue. And it was. Um, and so my initial idea was to open a brick and mortar studio in LA, just like any other fitness studio and was kind of gearing up the business plan and the model to be able to do that and, and open a studio in 2021. And then when the universe just decided to throw COVID at us, you know, that brick and mortar vision kind of disappeared. And I just decided to launch while still at my full-time job, launch online classes. And I was doing, you know, two classes a month in starting May last year, just to see if my friends and family were into it, to tweak the method and mm -hmm. explore, you know, its potential to be useful and valuable. And it was very well received. So I made a game plan and started thinking, okay, I should leave my full-time job by the fall. And I just kind of planted that seed in my mind. And then I couldn't, I couldn't get it out. It grew too strong. And yeah. so by the time fall came, 
it wasn't that I was like, you know, in a financial position to for sure leave this job, but I had made the commitment that I wanted to focus on Liberate and really grow Liberate starting in the fall after having like a summer of trial and error. And when, you know, end of August came around, that's what I did. And I left my full-time job and have been working on Liberate full-time since. And it, it's just, she, Liberate, I refer to her as her own entity, is so powerful and deserves full-time attention in order to grow. And, you know, I couldn't give her that and I couldn't give my other job that by trying to do them both at once. Yeah, gotcha. So what did you learn? Let's talk the last, because it's really been doing this for about a year, give or take, right? Uh, What did you learn positively over the last year? And what were some of the takeaways of having those first few sessions? Like, where did you alter or change the business um, after going through those few sessions with kind of the er the early adopters, if you will, of the, uh, whether it's friends or family? Yeah, it was a lot of learning. I... So our class is a blend of mindful movement, like light yoga, gentle stretching, and then we journal, and then we hold space for conversation, then we meditate. And it's a really dynamic workout. Most places you go to, it's, you know, you're meditating, or you're doing yoga, or you're doing a HIIT workout. There's no really combo of everything. Mm -hmm. And so when I started, it felt, per the feedback, a bit disjointed. Some people were like, we did yoga, and then it was like the rest of the class started. And so my goal was to make it a really fluid experience so it's it's almost like a dance you know from each portion of the of the exercise to blend together and so that just took tying that the journaling focus was on whether it was you know we're focusing on getting present we're building present awareness in the journaling exercise so how can we bring that into the yoga portion well we can tune into our present senses when we're in our downward dog and we can you know connect with our intentions that we just set in our child's pose and just kind of exploring how to tie each element of the class perfectly together. Something that we do that's very unique is we start every meditation with a story. So the story will tie back to the journaling exercise that we did. And it it contains kind of the key takeaway of the class so that every element really does feel like one class and one message and one purpose, you know, instead of it feeling like, oh, we're doing four different things in the same class. And that was, that really came out of, you know, the feedback from everyone joining. And that wasn't something that I think I would have been able to spot without actually leading live classes. And, and yeah, how does the, I, I, I'm curious, cause you mentioned the brick and mortar, like that seems obviously the, the, the most obvious way, like you have that intimate setting. How was it trying to go like through zoom and, and do these? It actually was shockingly so beautiful. I think a lot of people, especially in the beginning of COVID, well, and at the end of COVID, feel very disconnected and lonely. And so I was shocked in the best way by how willing people were to open up and to share. And we never, you know, force conversation. It's always optional. It's never mandatory. And the number of people who were immediately willing to share, and it was a little bit jarring at first. And so that, you know, allowed us to, in the future, say, just emphasize that it was optional and emphasize that you didn't have to, um, just to really allow everyone to hold space and take space and give space based off of what they needed on that day in that class. Because some people, you know, they're in the mood to share one day and they're not the next day. And that's Mm. totally fine. We want to meet people where they are. And so I think we just were able to 
finesse that and like create even more of a safe space the more classes we taught because getting the feedback like I was really nervous to share my intentions what allowed us to say in the future let's really emphasize that you don't have to share and you know creating an environment that's super comfortable for everyone no matter you know your experience or your comfort level yeah and is it at all like kind of every type of person might be in the room or do you have it like broken out like we have a group of maybe it's certain ages or certain you know genders or anything like that do you have it broken out like that or have you found hey it's just better to have all different types of humans in one room we have all types of humans everybody (laughs) all i say is you need a body and an open mind and you are welcome doesn't matter if you've ever journaled or ever meditated or ever moved, or you have, you know, limited mobility and you're just going to sit in child's pose the entire time we move. It, it's so beautiful. Cause you'll see, you know, a high school student and a 50 year old mom who's your friend's mom. And, you know, it's, it's a huge range of human beings. And I think that's what makes the experience really interactive and meaningful because you're not just learning from, you know, the exercises that we as leaders put together, you're learning from, the community and everyone's shared experience. Mm-hmm. So give me an idea of obviously over the last year, like how did you get growth for this thing? Like, was it just you out there banging on doors or like, how did you, how did you get people to know like it existed and, and get some word of mouth or whatever? Well, it's, it's a work in progress for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but we, we, you know, started with word of mouth, friends, family members, and then everyone who enjoyed it would share with their communities and kind of created that ripple effect of word of mouth. We've done very, very limited ads, but are, you know, looking to build awareness in the next year through page channels, because I think that, you know, my goal is to shout on a rooftop to every human being that we exist and we're here as a support system for you to strengthen your well-being. And that's not how marketing works. You need, you know, some dollars behind that. So we'll be doing some marketing this year, but honestly, everything to date has been really organic, different brand partnerships we do, social media partnerships, and then word of mouth. We've just been really lucky that people are really attached to the message and to our purpose. So it's it's easy to get behind. And did you start this yourself or do you have any co-founders with you? Or? I do not have any co-founders. I do have an amazing team of leaders. So we have four class leaders that lead okay. classes six days a week. Um, and then, you know, some board of advisors, things like that. But it is, it's just me. <laughs> what was the, uh, what was the hardest part of actually starting? And then you could take this from a marketing sense a business, you know, setting up LLC or something. I don't you know, whatever you want. Uh, what was the hardest part, do you think? I think it's interesting because you actually alluded to it earlier when you said it took you two years to start your podcast oh, just yeah. because you were like, ah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what people are going to think. And I, I, I believe that was the hardest part for me. I was so passionate about Liberate. I was so passionate about the purpose. I knew people needed this. And the idea of kind of changing my identity to be... Mm an entrepreneur and I'm, you know, my Instagram is no longer me just being a woman <laughs> It is with my friends, you know, it's me in Forbes and it's me posting our class schedule all the time. And it's just me really pushing my vision forward. And I was concerned what people would say about me. And I was concerned if I wanted that to be my identity and ultimately, you know, my purpose overpowered that fear but it was hard for me to kind of 
be like, okay, this is going to be who I am now, you know, and this is what I do. And this is how I talk. And this is how I spend my time. And it was just a little bit of an identity shift. I think in the beginning, I was pretty wrapped up in it. And now I, I don't even think about it at all. But you know, in those early stages, it feels like a huge leap. Yeah. Did, did you have any help getting over that? Like, did you have mentors you talk with any support systems? Or is it just you kind of going through what you guys practice, like going through mindfulness training, those type of things? It was definitely a lot of my mindfulness training that I mean, still comes in handy to this date. I think every entrepreneur should practice mindfulness because it's so helpful. But I was also my support system. I had my friends who were super excited about it and, you know, posted about it when I posted about it. And I had a few kind of friends who were entrepreneurs themselves. So that I think has been really important. I have many more now than I did when I started, but you know, first time entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general kind of band together. You're like, what's working for you? Ah, I don't know about this. And you know, I'm confused and it's just a nice way to feel supported and a little bit less alone on the journey. So I had a few different entrepreneurs that I was close with that had launched before and that was helpful. And then you feel, you don't feel as like out of the box for turning yourself into an entrepreneur because you then know other people who are also entrepreneurs versus feeling like you're the only one. Um, So that was really helpful for me. Yeah. Do you feel like it, it, kind of starting this and moving forward, was it more of a scratch your own itch? Like you're like, I would love to do something like this. So let me go into it. Or was this where you continuing to hear and even in the early feedback sessions, it, it continually hear like, wow, this is, I got out of it way more, you know, 60 minutes later was way much of improvement for me than it was 60 minutes prior. Like, were you hearing a lot of that? And that kept the momentum going? Or was it just your own thing? You're like, I know this is going to fit. I know this is going to be a great thing. It's definitely a combination. I knew it was a fit and I knew it was a great thing, even if, you know, it has to be tinkered with constantly, but we had, we had such amazing feedback. And at first it was really qualitative. It was, I have less anxiety. I feel, but you know, we asked, how do you feel before class? How do you feel after class? And people would share, they feel lighter, they feel refreshed. They feel more connected to themselves or more connected to their partner, all these good things. And since then, as you know, a marketer myself, I've turned to more quantitative data. So if we do programs, we ask everyone before the session or the classes start, rank yourself on a scale of one to 10 with your confidence, with your courage, with your present moment awareness, things like that. And then we'll have them do the same form after the program. And there's an improvement. I mean, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's participants ranking themselves and seeing a 42% increase in mental skills from taking five classes with us. And so that is really encouraging because I don't want to be an entrepreneur who's just like, my idea is good. I'm going to force it to work. And I don't care if anybody likes it, but to be able to see that people are really gaining meaningful skills that apply to personal life and work life and just, you know, everyday existence is so powerful to me because I've been in really low positions where I don't feel great mentally. And to now feel pretty great mentally and very strong. It's just so much more enjoyable. Life feels so much brighter and better. And I want everybody to feel that way. Yeah. You know, I'm curious on the, and you mentioned how I built this earlier. I'm a big Guy Raz fan. I love how I built this. And one of the things he always talks with those folks about is timing. 
Because realistically, this idea 10 years ago potentially doesn't work because, you know, the mental stigma, right, that's out there. Like people want, like, again, physical fitness, you're out in the gym, but like talking about going to therapy, no one talked about that. Like no one wanted to expose that they had any weaknesses or if you would call it that, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it a weakness, but like ha- had, you know, issues they had to, you know, get through or whatever. And now it seems, you know, there's a lot more vulnerability out there. These conversations are happening. People are willing to expose that because they know it's going to improve them. So, you know, do you feel like the timing is right as well of this? Like this is something that's continuing to gain momentum in our society and, and maybe why it could be successful for you? Definitely. I, COVID has accelerated the conversation, I think, that was still, I mean, we were in the works of opening up about mental health and mainstreaming the conversation pre-COVID, but now some people who had never experienced anxiety or depression before have experienced it with COVID. And so the conversation is applicable to that many more people because everyone has really been challenged in the past year. And like I said, in my mind, it's a mental health fragility crisis. And we all recognize that we could get stronger mentally and we would feel better if we were stronger mentally. And so now that we know that, how do we do that? You know, there are existing options and then there's also liberate now, which is just another option because it's not a one size fits all, but I think for some people, therapy isn't a great fit or they're looking for something more communal more interactive. And then that's where we come in. You know, one of the things I'm always curious about too, especially because you're in the early kind of stages of this is how do you, um, I don't know how I'm going to phrase this. Like, how do you shield off all the ideas that come in your head? Because I'm imagining not only yourself, but like you have all these people like, Oh, you should try this and you should do this. Like, how do you stay focused on the core mission and keep moving that forward, but also enter in some new things? Is that a balancing act? That's very challenging. Yes, that's a great question. I I honestly have to give credit to my boss at my past job because there were so many different like things that we were working on and, and at a startup, you can only do so much. There's only so many hours in the day. And she would always say, what's going to move the needle? What's going to create the most value? And I feel that way with Liberate. I mean, I work very long hours and I'm happy to do it, but I can only do so much, especially as one person. So with all the different ideas I have, I'm like, that sounds like a really cool idea, but what is it going, what value is it going to provide? And so if I have five fun ideas I want to try for April, I'm going to pick the two that are probably lower lift and more value, like the most efficient, because I have a lot of ideas. I want to do a virtual retreat with a million different brands and free for everybody. And that sounds super fun, but also sounds like so much work. And I don't know if we have time for that right now and at our size, if that's the best use of my time. And so it's a lot of comparison, unfortunately, you know, different, different ideas. And that doesn't mean the virtual retreat goes away, but it's just on the back burner until July or whatever it may be, because I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do a poor job at anything. So I don't want to try to do five things and do them just okay. I want to do two things and give them all we've got. So it's, it's a pick and choose for sure. But I have a, I have a word doc of all my ideas. There's like 100 of them. So oh eventually we'll get to all of them. There you go. What's been, uh, would, would you be willing to share kind of a little more vulnerable of like where you've stubbed your toe in this process? What, where, what, where you failed at? Where have you kind of recognized like, Ugh, that was a, that was a, that was a bad decision. Anything you can share? 
I think I, I tend to trust my gut most of the time, you know, your gut is like a learning organism. It sometimes is smarter than your brain. And the couple of times that I haven't trusted my gut, whether it was about a partnership or, you know, a person, I was, I was typically right. And nothing ever terrible happened from it. But if something didn't work out, it's almost like I knew it wasn't going to work out before I started it. Mm -hmm. And I did it anyway, just because I was hopeful that I was wrong or hopeful that I would you know, somehow work out. And so those little failures are a reminder that I should probably just trust my gut. Even if it's harder in the first place to say no, mm-hmm. it would probably be more efficient and better for everyone involved to just be like, I don't think this is a fit. So I'm working on that and <laughs> working on, you know, doing the harder, harder conversation up front to, to make it better in the long run. Mm-hmm. What, so if we're manifesting here, because a lot of people manifest nowadays, I haven't done that as much, but um, if we're manifesting here, where are you hoping liberate, if you and I talk in five years, where are you hoping that, that y'all are going to be? I'm a huge manifester. <laughs> I manifest everything. And I think in five years, we will be hopefully sooner than five years, but we'll be helping, you know, supporting millions of human beings on a annual basis, maybe monthly basis, who knows, and really be able to offer more classes daily, more courses daily will be global. We do already have some, you know, global participants that come into our virtual classes, but we'll be, you know, really global diverse community, and then hopefully have a few showrooms too. My goal is to have a physical presence. I think there's a lot of power in actually making eye contact and seeing people in real life and having that human element. So I'd love to have a showroom in LA and New York and be able to hold events and retreats and workshops in person to allow our virtual community to connect in person too. Um, So I think those are probably the biggest milestones. And I want, I want Liberate to be, you know, the soul cycle of mindfulness, which I said on Guy Raz and, you know, be that well-known and that accessible for human beings. That's my goal. That's a, well, that's a great mission, and I think we all need it. So let me ask you this. I want to end on this point. I always like to go back to our younger self. I want you to reflect back, and you're not that old, but like, let's say you got to go back to your like teenage self, and you're going to share a piece of advice that will help them maybe in an alternate dimension on their journey. Um, it's got to be the size of a Post-it note, so a very short, concise um, piece of advice. What would you share with them as a lasting impression, something to uh, kick them in gear? I to tie back to what we just talked about I think I would say go with your gut because there's so much noise and comparison is the thief of joy and you know there's a lot of ways that you can become disconnected with yourself become disconnected with your dreams and just do what the masses are doing because it seems right or easy or comfortable or whatever it may be and I think that our bodies and minds are so smart. They know us so well, we, you know, we spend our whole lives with them. So I'm sure there's things I did when I was younger, just because other people were doing them and not because it actually felt right to me or because I wanted to. And it took me a while to learn. So I'm still working on it, of course, but I, I feel like that's really important for me to know and for everyone to know. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. I think I agree with you. I think sometimes we, I don't know why we don't go with our gut because it is, whether it's, I, you know, I've always thought of this, like whether it's right or wrong, it's you at least know you made the decision you wanted to make, you know, and you could live with it. 
versus right. kicking yourself for for going the other direction where you never go the other direction, you know, and just, I don't know why we do that, but it seems like you, you experience that as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, so where can everyone, where's the best place? I'm assuming just the website, anywhere else you'd share where folks can find y'all. Yeah. Liberatestudio.com is our website. And then it's at liberate studio on Instagram. And we do pre-meditations every Friday. So if you're not sure if mindfulness is for you or not sure if you want to join a live class, our Instagram is a great way to kind of dip your toe into mindfulness. Um, but you can always DM me and I'd love to hear from you. And if they're doing a class, just to kind of sum everything up. So they come to a class, 30 or 60 minute class, whatever, what could they expect? Give me like the, what would be the like four or five agenda items they would flow through just to, to kind of wrap everything up? Yes. So we have 30 minute and 60 minute classes. We'll set our intentions briefly in the beginning to help us decide, you know, what we want to let go of, where we want to go with this. We'll do a little bit of movement. Journaling is the main event. It's completely guided. We hold space for optional conversation, and then we ground the entire practice with a meditation and send you on your way. Most participants leave feeling just better, lighter, happier, refreshed, all the good things. So definitely something to, you know, push yourself to try new things. And I pretty much guarantee you'll enjoy it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I love anything that brings positivity in the world, makes people feel better and happier. So I love what y'all are doing. That's why I want to have you on and kind of share more of that story. So uh, thanks for taking the time out. This is a lot of fun and, uh, and I appreciate you joining. Of course. Thank you so much. How serendipitous. <laughs> well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by the Just Get Started podcast. Uh, grateful to have you here. And if I could just make one quick ask before you run along on your day, you know, I've grown this podcast organically over the last three plus years, and it's from the great listeners that pick up, you know, a quote or a key learning or just enjoy the entertainment of the podcast and they share it out to their audience. They leave a review on Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Um, and I'd ask that for you as well. If you've made it to this point and are listening in, um, a lot of the podcast uh, platforms that you listen on have a share button right there where you can share it out to your audience on various platforms. So, I would be so appreciative if you wouldn't mind taking a quick second to do that um, if you really enjoyed this episode. So thanks again. I'm happy to connect online. I always love to meet new people. So if you want to go to my website, brianondraco.com, or connect with me, I'm at brianondraco basically everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, even Clubhouse, that new app that's out there, uh, you name it. So uh, follow me online and uh, certainly look forward to connecting further. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm -hmm.